welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 1, verses 29 to 39. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed by demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring town so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout all Galilee proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Near the beginning of our gospel lesson we just read are the words, Jesus came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. Couldn't she have taken a nap first? <laughs> or might Simon have made lunch that day? This moment in scripture sounds like what may happen in your house. When, when mom spikes a fever... She keeps working, whereas the moment dad gets a cold, he can't leave the couch for a week. <laughs> it's safe to assume that Simon's mother-in-law was so grateful to Jesus that she wanted to serve him supper, or that she bounced back from the fever so completely that she felt better than she had in years. Mark's gospel, originally written in Greek, uses the verb diakono here, which translated into English means to serve and gives us the basis for our word deacon. Many have read this passage with its use of the verb diakono and concluded that Simon's mother-in-law was the church's very first deacon, for she was called into a particular kind of service that many here have been called to, and which can also lead to feeling a little bit overworked. I once knew a Presbyterian who agreed to be a deacon in the church and told me that on the night he received a phone call asking him, inviting him to serve as a church deacon, he was so honored he couldn't help but say yes. Then at the church service where he was ordained, he was moved to tears when all the past elders laid hands on him in front of the whole congregation. Only just as he stood up and wiped the tears from his eyes, a man handed him a toilet brush and said, Congratulations, now get to work. 
Jesus came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. This verse can be problematic. Yet our second scripture lesson from the Gospel of Mark doesn't end there, so let's keep on going. After Jesus healed Simon's mother-in-law, word spread about this man who could do miracles, so the town lined up to be healed by Jesus. We read that after Jesus cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, in the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place and there he prayed. It might not sound strange to hear that Jesus prayed. Of course, Jesus prayed. We could go into the nursery right now and every child there would be able to tell you that Jesus prayed. But think with me about what the Gospel of Mark is trying to tell us about Jesus here. The great theologians have told us that Jesus is fully human, and fully God. That Jesus is like us and yet he is unlike us. When we hear that, it's difficult to know exactly what to think, what it means that Jesus is fully human and fully God. Does that mean that he was faster than a speeding bullet? Does it mean that he was more powerful than a locomotive? Was he able to leap over tall buildings in a single bound? That's Superman, not Jesus. Jesus is like us in the sense that his time is limited as ours is. Jesus is like us in the sense that he also had to prioritize his days as many different needs competed for his attention, yet he was unlike us. He was fully divine in the sense that busyness never got the best of him. Now, it gets the best of me all the time. As my friend Victoria Chastain walked out of the 8.30 service just a couple hours ago, she thanked me for my sermon. We needed to hear it, Joe, she said. But do you know who needed to hear that sermon most of all? You. <laughs> She's right about that. I get busy. I want to keep going, and I think that I can get to everybody. I can meet all the needs if I just work a little bit harder. It feels like weakness to me when I can't do it all. It feels like failure when I let someone down. Yet Jesus is divine, not in the sense that he could do it all. He is divine in the sense that he couldn't, yet it never gave into the feeling of shame that we so often feel. Jesus is different. Jesus wept like we do. Jesus laughed like we do. Jesus got mad like we do. Jesus got tired and stressed like we do. But when Jesus got tired, he didn't just keep on going. He didn't just forge ahead. He left his friends and he took a break. He went off to that deserted place and he prayed rather than give in to the pressure to keep on going. Listen to this. When the crowds of sick people who needed the great physician lined up, Simon felt anxious. 
He felt that human anxiety that we all feel when people come around asking for help. And he did the most human thing that we all so often do. He went looking for Jesus. And as though he were handing him a toilet brush, he said, congratulations, miracle worker. Now get back to work. Everyone is searching for you, we read in verse 37. Do you know what that feels like? A dad in this church told me that once he sits down on the couch, if he lays down to rest his eyes, it's like a sensor goes off in the house. As soon as he closes his eyes, suddenly the kids line up to ask him questions. Dad, what time is my basketball game? Dad, where is my soccer jersey? Dad, what's the weather going to be like next Tuesday? The question about the weather is the one that, that really gets to him. In his house, they all have a phone. He can't, he can't keep him off their cell phones all, most of the time. Plus, there are two Alexas, one in the kitchen, one in the living room. Any of those devices could tell them the weather, but for some reason, they all go searching for him to tell them. My friends, Jesus knows that feeling. He knows about the demands we face. He knows the feeling of being pressured and pushed and wanting to lock himself in the bathroom. Now here's the difference between Jesus and all of us. When Jesus felt like his tank was getting empty, he snuck off to be with God and he wouldn't allow Simon to make him feel guilty about it. He went to that deserted place. He voiced his concerns to the Father. He listened to the Creator's voice and he remembered again who he was and what he was meant to be doing. On the other hand, while I aspire to begin each day with prayer and meditation just like Jesus does in the Scripture lesson, when I get too busy, what's the first thing to go? Prayer and meditation. Yet emptying out my email inbox will not fill my tank when I'm running on empty. Shopping on Amazon might make me feel distracted for just a minute, but no amount of scrolling is going to lead me to the thing that I am looking for when I'm so tired that I lack direction. We all must stop and rest. And we cannot give in to the feeling that we can't rest because we haven't done enough. Jesus didn't give in to that feeling. But what about the mom who shows up at the bake sale with store-bought cookies? Does she feel like she deserves a break? Or does our culture make her feel ashamed? A few years ago, I finally remembered my carpool number when I was picking up CC at school. I couldn't ever remember to bring my number for the carpool line and, and Mrs. Williams, she got used to that. She, she, uh, she worked the carpool line and plugging in numbers. I'd just wave and she'd plug my number in. I'd give her a, an apologetic look. 
She'd laugh. She'd forgive me. But one day, I remembered my carpool number. I pulled into that line so proud. I, I pulled my, I rolled down my window. I showed her my carpool number. I said, Mrs. Williams, I did it. And she responded, what do you want, a parade? <laughs> For doing the bare minimum required of all parents? Dads get more grace when it comes to this kind of thing. Dads get celebrated more if they show up at the bake sale with cupcakes. But I don't really think that we should be harder on dads for forgetting carpool numbers. I think we should take it easier on everybody. For if Jesus needed to be alone to recharge his battery, you, taking time for yourself, cannot be wrong. Jesus was divine in accepting the human limitations that we all deal with. Jesus was divine in the sense that he lived within those bounds. So if you're given so much of yourself at the office that you come home and can only offer your family your leftovers, take a lesson from the great physician and take a break. Now I'm really preaching to myself. So hear me say this from personal experience. If you're feeling pulled in a million directions and if you feel pushed into such anxiety that you're losing sleep, follow Jesus' example and take a break to listen to God's voice. You can't do everything. So do the most important things. Some, like me, say yes to everything and never never get it all done, just end up feeling scattered and busy. Others say no to everything and never really get started. Take a lesson with me from Jesus this morning and do the most important thing. My friends, if life isn't fun, it may be because we're doing it wrong. For we were created not for toil, but to worship the Lord our God and to enjoy him forever. Jesus lived that principle. So I'm telling you, I'm telling me, go and do likewise. Do not lose direction. Do not be swayed by the crowd. Do not surrender to the anxiety of the ones who will hunt you down because you were born not to be busy but to mount up with wings like eagles, to run and not grow faint. I messed that last line up. Now I'm going to start it again. To mount up with wings like eagles, to run and not grow weary, to walk and not faint. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.